This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. I got my degree in physical education because I'm a lesbian and it's the law. It was like the carpet, the carpet? See, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> the rug, the rug, the rug was ripped out from underneath us. I know there are some straight people, they were born that way, whatever. I'm a liberal snowflake and I'm gonna outlive you and I'm gonna yeah. live to vote again in 2024. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast. Hey, I know you don't like to be told what to do, but if you could please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star rating, we'd be so grateful. As reviews and ratings help us lean into the algorithm and allow more visibility. Also, to the person who gave us a one star, I hope you get crabs. And if it's Matt Gates, you already do. I made the most amazing vegan California club yesterday, and I feel like I've been hugged from the inside <laughs> because food is my sex life. Also, I'm vaccinated, so I'm downloading some dating apps. Well, okay, not so much dating apps as Zillow and Grubhub. <laughs> I have such an exciting life. Hey, all you funny women, it's Door Girl Greg, and I'm here to say thank you for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you haven't yet, go over to the socials. Go to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or even YouTube and check out at I Love Funny Women. Do it now. Do it. Do it, and I'm going to pour sparkles all over you. Now, let's get to the news. Always the source of my ire, Mitch McConnell, whose hypocrisy knows no bounds, criticized Biden for launching a Supreme Court commission in hopes of finding a way to decrease partisanship within the judiciary and bash Democrats for trying to pack the court, when packing is clearly Lindsey Graham's forte. Allegedly. McConnell, who said last week, Multiple Senate Democrats signed a threatening brief suggesting the court needed to either deliver liberal rulings or face being restructured. The president spent most of his campaign playing coy on the issue, but has now admitted from the safety of a four-year term that he views the judiciary as out of whack. And Graham is always open for a whack or four. <laughs> McConnell's statements are just proof that his desire is to keep the Republicans' boot on the neck of the American people, and not in a sexy way. Exactly a year after toilet paper gate, Heinz announced a catch apocalypse. That's right, Catch Apocalypse, America's second favorite condiment, after ranch dressing, was found to be in short supply as the demand for packets has risen beyond expectations. You guessed it, due to dirty-handed fuckwits who spread disease. Mostly men. This week we mourn the passing of a man who has done so much for so many people. His impact is stretched throughout the lands and the queen will miss him dearly. Rest in power, DMX. Also, a 99-year-old white man, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, died this week. And contrary to Piers Morgan, Meghan Markle did not do it. Of course, the Queen will miss Prince Philip and how he slid into her DMs. Talk about a royal mounting. This week, we are honored to have the Duchess of Essex, Charlotte Towenhouse-Jones. Welcome to the show. 
It's an absolute honor. So on the heels of the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry scandal, which came shortly after the Prince Andrew scandal, the monarchy are mourning the death of Prince Philip now. Yes. Just don't think he could handle another blow like Meghan and Harry. Because at 99 years old, that's a big blow, since we know the Queen hasn't blown him since 1968. Oh, not even them. That was Camilla's job pre-pre-Charles. Because, because the, the Queen, queen kneels, kneels for, for no one. Sources close to the family say that they did have a vigorous sex life up until, well, last week. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Well, not with each other. Uh, but let's just say those were some happy corgis. And we all know what they say. Happy corgi, happy monarch. At least she'll have them to help her through her grief. So all the tabloids are blaming Meghan Markle, but she and Prince Harry are in exile. Yes, that's true. But I think he died of white fragility. And he was 99 years old. It very well could have been a Viagra mishap. Charlotte, thank you for joining us. Please allow these white people space to grieve. Our thoughts and our prayers go to the royal family and all of the people who are feeling grief over the loss of Prince Philip, DMX, and of course all those who have lost people this year. Now let's go on over to Renee Hyden for a little celestial intimacy. Hey... This week, you'll get so much Venus, you won't know what to do with it. Expect a hard, throbbing square, and let your inner wunderkind ride the fine, fine lines betwixt pleasure and pain. I'm your resident sextrologist, Renee Hyden, and welcome back to this week's Sex with the Stars. This week is all about letting your inner tribal princess dance from patriarchal oppression to glorious divine earth mother goddesshood. Woo! We're getting a double dose of Venus. On the 14th, Venus enters Taurus and will remain there through mid-May. This is an important time of the year as spring brings new energy in life and so too does it in our bedrooms. So no matter if it's your freshly potted flowers, pubes, or your sex organs, let it grow. Let it grow, let it grow. This Venusian energy is the gift that our bodies needed. It's time to love yourself, girl. Release guilt and self-doubt because you need to fall deeper in love with you. Yes, hunty. And let your partners do the same. Let's amp it up and hold the necessity of femininity no matter your gender. Grab her and hold tight to her stretch-marked and dimpled loins. Because I'm gonna love me. Release self-doubt. Sacredly touch those places you've been taught to abhor because you are everything. everything. Mercury is squaring Pluto and you'll need to laser focus on harnessing your partners and your obsessive thoughts. You're going to feel this throbbing square through both internal and external power struggles. Out. Dive deeply into yourself to find new pockets of pain in order to heal those spaces. Feel free to ride the fine lines betwixt pleasure and pain. It can be healingly orgasmic. I'm your resident sextrologist, Renee Hyden, and this has been another week with Sex with the Stars. Back to you, Dina. Thanks, Renee. You can find Renee on Instagram at Renee Hyden Soul Therapy. 
This is Door Girl Greg, and you're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you looked at me right now, I'd be twirling around like a fucking fairy. It's now time for a woman I love so much. She is one of the women with whom I could be in a non-sexual relationship. She's been on Last Comic Standing, ABC, TBS, and she's a regular guest on The Stephanie Miller Show on SiriusXM. And she's raised over $30 million for nonprofits around the country. Please welcome Dana Goldberg. Dana, I feel like so I say your name like that all the time. It's like Dana I think Goldberg. Everyone should, I want everyone to say my name like that all the time. <laughs> you look phenomenal right now as I'm like trying to wipe tears. We had a, like an emotional <laughs> moment I, before. Do not let the audience don't let her fool you. I have this is the only day like in the last year I have not cried. So we're we switch on and off. That's what we do. Like, right. I got you tomorrow. I'm gonna be calling you and you're gonna be like, I got you, boo. Everything's Please fine. Do. So yeah. <laughs> Please do. And if you're watching this and you're crying, today's your day. And then tomorrow yes. I might need you. I might need you. <laughs> we're all just calling <laughs> random people in the country, like <laughs> I need to cry today. Call me when you need to cry. <laughs> we should have a hotline. We should have a comedian outline because we lose our shit all the time. Yes. We should have a hotline where people need us to make them laugh, which I'm sure exists and someone's making a lot of money off of and it's not me. Probably. And um, probably. Uh, yeah, we should have these hotlines. Uh, so uh, I am beautiful. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you for the filters. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love you so much and I love how you show up on this planet. Thank you. You're welcome. So you <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I know. Um All you right, started... thanks for the podcast. Have a great afternoon. It was thanks, good to see you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Really, I feel like this podcast is just to have my friends that I love so much to be on and be like, I love you so much. I think you're amazing. <laughs> um so tell us how you started comedy. We've talked about this before, but I love this story. And I think people should hear. This is good for me because I think over this last year with the pandemic, like I've lost some excitement for this because it's been so hard virtually, you know, reaching the crowds and not having that connection with the audience. So when I started comedy, I was a baby. I won my high school talent show when I was 17. I went and auditioned and they gave me um I they gave me a spot on the show and I ended up winning um in the set. Tina, I was telling jokes about my ex-boyfriends and why I wasn't working out. And oh yes, I had so much to say about the teachers, my geometry teacher. Um, and I won. And then uh, I didn't touch a stage for Eight years, I got my degree in physical education because I'm a lesbian and it's the law. Uh, <laughs> and um, then I went and auditioned for a show in Albuquerque that I saw Suzanne Westenhofer, who is now one of my friends and colleagues, performing. Um, and it was basically, I wanted to be on stage. Like I had mm. that taste of it, but I got my degree and I went through college and I, I had stage fright, to be honest with you. And so I was like, I'm going to go audition for this show. It's called Funny Lesbians for a Change. And it raised higher education scholarships for women in the community in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where I was born and raised. So I went and auditioned and they gave me a seven minute set in front of 650 people in a sold out wow. theater. And I was shaking and I could see my heartbeat through my shirt and I didn't touch the microphone because I thought I was going to turn it into like 
an amplifying vibrator of sorts. So I was just <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, I, maybe I shouldn't touch it. Um, but Dean, I hit my first big joke and honestly, I heard the most deafening laughter I had ever heard. And I was like, oh, this is, this is magic. This is my drug. This is what I wanna feel. How do I get this again? And that was the beginning of it. And then I started recording my shows and I started sending sets to like Olivia Travel and different magazines. And I got small write-ups in Curve Magazine of like the next up and coming 15 comedians in the country. Um, and then like two or three years later, I ended up on the cover uh, of Curve with Suzanne Westenhofer and a comedian named Bridget McManus, who if you don't know, is brilliantly yeah. funny. And um, that was just basically it. And I kept going and kept recording and kept submitting and kept getting national exposure. And then one thing led to another. Um, and then my comedy world sort of shifted. And I know that um, it was just how you and I met um, mm -hmm. into a fundraising live auctioneering role for nonprofits around the country. And it started with the human rights campaign. Um, I had been headlining um, comedy shows for them and like doing L word premiere parties and things like that. And they had a live auctioneer basically cancel on them at the last minute at the San Francisco gala. And I got a phone call and they're like, do you know how to do a live auction? And I was like, why don't we find out? <laughs> <laughs> and it went really, really, really well. That was in 2009. So my God, I can't believe it's already been 11 years. Um, and so now I do my standup and I raise millions of dollars for organizations, as you mentioned at the top of the show. And um, I, I felt really good about giving back uh, to the communities that have helped support me in my career through the years. So that's basically where I'm at now. And then a few good things have happened during the pandemic that we can get to, but I, I should let you ask another question. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I wanna know what, things happen. That's my question. What happened during the pandemic that's really good for you? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, the beginning was not good for me. I think most Word. comedians, including yourself, fuck us. It was like the carpet, the carpet? See, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> the rug, the rug. The rug was ripped out from underneath us. Um, and it the was carpet tough. was it, eaten off of us. The it was carpet just... was eaten. The rug was pulled out from underneath us. <clears throat> and um, it was tough. The first few months were tough. I think most of us were like, what do we What do we do now? Like, this is my income. My entire year just got wiped out when they closed down the country. And so much of our identities as artists are wrapped up in what we do. And a lot of people don't, I would say a lot of people in corporate America and things like that, they probably can't relate to that as much as artists. We give our heart and soul and all of the things we put out into the world are so connected to our identity. And so when that was mm. gone, there was a big part of me that was like, wait a minute, now I need to figure out who I am without this fundraising. Who am I without donating this money? Who am I without seeing the audience and feeling that laughter and that energy? And uh, I lost weight, like I went through a breakup. Um, and then basically I had to figure out how to transfer this stuff virtually. And I've done shows with you and other comedians and it's fucking hard. It is difficult. And uh, so please, if you're ever watching a comedian's virtual show and you have an opportunity to thank them financially or accolades, do it. This is tough for us. But um, yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, the, the best thing that did happen during this is that I was doing a gala in New York City and there was a, um, a woman in the audience who was a um, partner in a production company that she started. 
and was quite taken by my performance and had an opportunity to sit and have dinner because they were looking at me for a different project, which never actually came to fruition. But during that dinner, I was able to pitch a show that had been living in my brain for years. And I'd never written it down. I'd never written a pilot. I didn't know how to do it. And then this pandemic hit and I was like, well, I have nothing else to do. I have nowhere to go. I'm not getting on a flight. Like if I don't do it now, this is not gonna happen. So over the last course of this last year, um, I have learned how to ride a pilot, apparently very, very good at it. I'm on my fifth draft, we're going into my sixth. And um, this is like, it's not like I have to find a production company. This production company is behind me. I just need to get this thing to the point where we can pitch it. And so Amazing. that's the collateral beauty from this bullshit of a year. Cause it was tough, it was tough. It was tough. That's oh my god! I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Me too. But now I'm also in that like, like procrastination part where like I'm this close, and you know this. We're this close to the pinnacle of making this happen, and I'm like, oh, I just need to check my social media. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to write today. And I'm like, no, get your ass in gear. I actually got a board. You know those boards that you can put like letters into them and then take them apart and put different letters in. <laughs> My board yes. in front of me literally says, work on your fucking script. That's all it says. <laughs> it's so good. I yeah. wish I had more of a process. I'm not sure exactly what my process is unless chaos is a process. <laughs> if chaos is a process, chaos is I'm a process. killing this. I am you killing are killing it. So that's keeping you busy and that's yeah. keeping you artistically fed. You're on the Stephanie Miller uh, show on XM Sirius as well. You're regular yeah. on there. And I listen to you and I, I just get all excited when I'm in the car and I'm like, I hear my friend on the radio. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that, but <laughs> you should sing it every time, every time. <laughs> and, uh, and it just makes me happy. So you make me you. so happy. Um, it's, it's a shame I'm not mutual. a lesbian. <laughs> I mean, trust me. When I met you the first time, I was like, all right, I can totally crush out on this person. Oh, it stop. <laughs> I, but I also have crushes on women. I just, I think, I, like, I think I could be in a relationship with a woman. I just don't know what sex would look like because I don't even know what sex. I don't even want to touch myself. Why would anyone want to? <laughs> I mean, I really think that is the only reason every woman on the planet is not gay because there's a little hang up around the sex part. Um, otherwise, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I know there are some straight people. They were born that way, whatever. Uh, but it's fine. It's just like the worst part about being straight is dating men. It's like, I just... And I don't know how you do that. I mean, seriously. Well, I well, like I like I said, I don't. I don't anymore. <laughs> I don't even date myself. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I masturbate to like Palm Springs Ranch pictures of Palm Springs ranches. You know, like give They're me gorgeous. a give, give me an L.A. bungalow and I'll masturbate to that all night. <laughs> <laughs> Not just you on Zillow rubbing one out. I'm like, that, yeah. is, that is my day. I'm swiping right on these houses. <laughs> Oh, honey, you're swiping right on more than these houses. Fair. <laughs> how do you keep, especially in a year like this, how do you keep from just crumbling? There are days that I've crumbled. There's days that I'm still going to crumble. Um, mm. There are days where it is hard to get out of bed. And I'm like, I can just lose one. You know, I'll just, I'll just stay in bed. Um, I've got a tremendous support system. 
I've got people that want to see me reach my goals, that want to see me continue to chase my dreams and hopefully achieve them. Um, and more with this year aside, I really do love my life. I mm-hmm. love I love the sunshine. I love being outdoors. I love the traveling and making people laugh and doing good things in the world. I really do love my career and I love my life. And I have to remind myself when this pandemic is over, this pandemic is over, it's not going to go back to the way things were. And I don't even know if it should, honey, like the way things were aren't working in this country, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the way things were that were in my life, I could say, oh, they were fabulous. But at the same time, before the world shut down, I was like, fuck, I'm tired. Of, like in 2019, I flew 175,000 domestic domestic airline miles. I was sick all the time. I had sinus mm. infections. I couldn't heal. And I was like, God, I just want some time off. And then wouldn't you know it, <laughs> the country came to a screeching halt. And I was like, not what I meant. Like, that's not what we meant. <laughs> so we have you to blame. <laughs> We have you. Yeah, this is totally, yeah. Could you imagine if I had that kind of power? I'm like enough. Yeah. So that's it. basically it. That's what gets me to continue to push through this is knowing that it'll be over eventually. I am one of the lucky ones that got a extra shot. I am in two weeks. will be fully vaccinated. Awesome. And people call me now and they're, you know, I'm getting emails about work later on in the year that's starting as early as August. Mm. And I feel good about it. You know, I feel like I can say yes, instead of like, I'm not going out to the world until it's safer. And, you know, I hope that people get vaccinated. I know that there's different opinions on this. I think Mm. that that's just my hope. I know that people have different ideas and there's anti-vaxxers even on the left side of the spectrum, which is so mind blowing to me. But um, I think, and I will say this, once everyone in this country has an opportunity to get the vaccine and they have either chose, because I've been very vigilant about mass social distancing, washing my hands, not just because of me. I don't want to get anyone else sick. Yeah, Like yeah. that terrifies me because may, I may be asymptomatic and it may kill someone else. But once everyone has an opportunity to get the vaccine, at that point, those of us who chose to and are very empathic of other people and worried about other people, at that point, my responsibility for you stops when you stop taking responsibility for yourself. Mm. And so I have to let that burden go or we'll all be paralyzed for years. And I don't want to live like that. So I'm doing what I can to get myself healthy, to make sure I'm protected. The people I love around me are protected and I mm. will still continue to social distance and wear my mask and all of that. I mean, the Asian culture has been wearing masks on airlines for years. And we as Americans always side eye and look and go, oh, look at that person in a mask. That's why they don't get sick. I mean, that's it's such a brilliant thing to do. And now suddenly our country's doing it. I don't even want to talk about the uh, the bigotry and stuff that happened before this. And then with the last administration yeah. that created this, this storm of hate. But I know this is a, a comedy podcast, but it's really important that these things get, get talked about and addressed. Um, but I, I will be wearing a mask when I fly. And I don't care if people look at me like, oh my God, you look at you, you're, you, you know, look at that libtard. Yep. You know what? I am. I'm a liberal snowflake and I'm going to outlive you and I'm going to yes. live to vote again in 2024. Good luck. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. So like right in January, I posted a picture that had somebody on the mask and I was like, don't judge me when I survive the pandemic, you know? And, and then I'm like, well, that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And if you look yeah. at the numbers of 
even severe flu cases this year. They're so low because we're wearing masks. Yeah, we're not near each other. If you're not going to get COVID, you're not going to get the flu. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting COVID, you're not going to get a cold. Like right. a, a cold is a COVID um, variant. I mean, it's yeah. a virus. It's, yeah. it's a part of it. It's, it's, we're just nice. It's not COVID-19, but yeah. it's still, a, it's still a COVID variant. Yeah, for um, sure. We just don't think of it that way because that's never been put in front of us until this pandemic happened, you know, in our lifetime. But okay. yeah, so it's going to be over. It's going to be different. I don't know mm-hmm. when this thing's going to be over, but it will be livable soon. And I'm really looking forward to just getting back out there and honestly, yeah. just hugging the people I care about. Like you talked about crying at the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to be in unexplainably crying as people hug me. Yes, um, 100%. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm fine. They're good yeah. tears. Just carry on. I'm just like, everything's oh. great. I get to yeah. hug. I think I'll always be kind of neurotic now. <laughs> well, I'm worried about the fucking people who weren't washing their hands before the pandemic. I'm like, what do you mean you weren't washing your hands? Like, why is this a new thing for you? Everyone should be washing their hands. I uh, So I worked in the restaurant industry for so long. Me too. That I just, like, I wash my hands because that's what you have to do to keep people from getting sick. I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you, honey. And so like, I wonder what would like, would I have been less hand washy if I wouldn't have not worked in the restaurant (laughs) industry forever? Would I I just be hand washy? Right. Exactly. Would I be dirty all the time? Just being like, Ooh, nail fungus under under my nails. No. You know, like, I don't know. As a lesbian, I'm very cautious of that anyway. So. I know you are. <laughs> I know. You won't see that. Although I look like Edward Scissorhands right now, so something <laughs> needs to be done. <laughs> I mean, I just love my nails so much. Like, when I get them done, I'm just like, this is everything. You have beautiful nails. I, uh, I do have nice They're not right now. Nice Listen to me. Tell me your favorite thing that's happened in the last year. What's the funnest, most amazing thing that has happened in this last year for you? Uh, two things, if I can. Honestly, learn, knowing, realizing that I'm a good, uh, I can write a script. That that mm-hmm. was a mm-hmm. really fun thing for me to learn and to get into it and have these characters that have been living in my head for years start to come out onto paper and see life in them. That has been wonderful. Um, I just realized there's something on my lip. Yep, there we go. It's a, piece, it's a piece of popcorn. Don't know how long that's been there. You're welcome, everyone. Um, She's like, I didn't have popcorn. I didn't have popcorn since last week. It just happens. Um, and it's it's not even popcorn. God, this is pathetic. It's it's puff sorghum. I sound like such a like vegan lesbian, and I'm not. But it's like it's supposed to be better for your glucose and your cholesterol. It's puff sorghum. So ridiculous. Do you know what the fuck are we talking about? I have never heard of puff sorghum. That is amazing. Oh, things that make me happy. Yes, things that made uh, you happy this last year. Um, puff sorghum. The, yes, one of the things that um, made me happy as well, other than puff sorghum, is the realization of how many people I have reached and affected with my comedy. And I say this because when the pandemic started, as an artist, a lot of us did this and you know as well, we opened up a virtual tip jar. Mm-hmm. And it's so humbling to have to do that. But at the same time, if we're doing a virtual show, people pay tickets to see us live. But when you put up a tip jar, you're sort of just like, I hope they like me. It's, you know, it's very hard to explain. Yeah. But um, when I do virtual shows and when I do the radio, I have 
a litany of fans that have been so incredibly generous over this last year. So the joy that has brought me to know that my effect on other people, that they are willing to support me and lift me up in the hardest year of my career really has sort of filled my cup, if you will. Mm. So that has been really good for me uh, to realize that because I don't think we always know we're on this, you know, rat race and we're on this treadmill and we're in this hamster wheel and we're like, we see our careers from the inside out and a lot of people see them from the outside in. And those are two very different views, you know? One and is so, far less critical. One is far <laughs> less critical. Uh, and it's the one looking outside in. You would think that yes. people are critical of our careers and no, no, no. There is no voice louder than the one in my head uh, oh. that can tear me down. Uh, I was listening to a podcast between Mark Marin and Lewis Black and you know, Mark was asking Lewis how he was doing and he was like, what do you mean how am I doing? Like, I'm not doing well because all of my targets got taken away and that left me. Like I started attacking me because when our targets are gone as comedians, there's nothing left to do but look internal. And then all yeah. of a sudden that gift that we have gets all of a sudden as a weapon. So we have to be very, very careful about it. And this has been a public service announcement. <laughs> Cue shooting star, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> no one under 40 understands what that was and that's okay. I am so proud to know you. And you. Me. Thank you so yeah. much for for being on the show. Absolutely. And, you, and thank you for doing this. The the voices, yeah. the female comedians, the voices you bring to this world are so needed, Dina. You have done such a tremendous job um, of really amplifying female comics um, through your festival, through the podcast, through the, the virtual shows. And so thank you for everything you've created. I mean, it really has been a tremendous asset to the community. Q Waterworks and... Go. Go. I'm crying. <laughs> Dana, Goldberg, Dana Goldberg can be found at DG Comedy on all the social medias. Please follow me. It's a pleasure mm -hmm. to be here. And we'll do this again whenever you'd like. I love it. All right. Bye, everyone at home. If you're bye. watching this video, if for some reason this is edited onto the YouTube part, it was good to see you. Not see you, <laughs> but you see me. Would you mind saying... Uh, yeah. Uh, like subscribe subscribe to the i love funny women youtube channel i would be happy to okay so me... yes oh definitely follow me on the socials if you can but do me a favor and dina support her please subscribe to the funny women podcast this one right here when you're watching subscribe and um make sure you support it tell your friends post on it do something good raise women up that's what we're supposed to be doing now Mwah. Thank you so much for hanging with us all the way through the podcast. You can find us on social media at I Love Funny Women. And please find us on YouTube. This podcast was written by me, Dina Nina Martinez. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dina Nina Martinez. And on Twitter at Dina N Martinez. And Punch Up was done by Lolita D, who can be found on Instagram at Lolita D Comedy. Find our glamorous door girl Greg on Instagram at GG Potter and the Duchess of Essex Charlotte Towenhouse Jones was played by Vanessa Tortolano and you can find her on Instagram at Vanessa Pants. Our announcer is Krista Garner. She's amazing and you can find her on Instagram at Krista Garner. This is an Artemis Glow Studio production in association with Crossover Media and AMG. 